The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Good morning to everyone out there in the world. Welcome to the Saturday brunch edition of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm in the festive mood this morning. I'm wearing my ugly Christmas sweater hockey jersey. (laughs) But to my right is a man who wishes he had this much swag, Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing this morning? You're right. I put it at the top of my Christmas list. I said, copy Ryan's slag, Santa. I can't I can't <laughs> hang with it. And uh, <laughs> I'm doing all right, though. I'm in a great mood here. Whatever I just inhaled in my house, I don't know what that was. But uh, I... Well, certain things are illegal in New York. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't um, indulge, but hey, whatever. <laughs> but I will say... Uh, I am in a great mood. Two reasons. Well, well, three. One, one first and foremost, I get to sit down with you uh, because you're an Iron Man. And even though we ha- you had a great guest on Wednesday, you're still allowing me to get on here and, and start talking because we have things to talk about. So I get to do a brunch. And there's something special about the brunch episodes. I've said it in the past. It's a it, there's a different vibe. I like the Saturday brunches because we can kind of go off script a little bit. We can yeah. we can uh, we can explore different options, but also the sun is out. I've got my Invader coffee and and we got my two favorite intros on this show: the holiday intro with Annabelle, and we got and we got the brunch intro. What's not to love? How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I also have my uh, mug of Invader coffee with me. We're going to. Break down some of the other sports news of the week, uh, including uh, a firing, which was way overdue. Oh. <laughs> um, we got a big signing of literally literal big signing in Major League Baseball and another suspension to talk about in the NBA. Uh, but before we do that, we got to take care of some business on the business end. And that is to subscribe to our or follow us on our social media channels on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. It's Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and the now I wouldn't say scarcely use TikTok because now we're starting to put clips, audio clips on TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. And if you wouldn't mind, please like, comment, share, and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. And on the audio side, because this will also go on audio after the show is over, subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. Please rate five stars. Uh, review on a whatever platform you use. If you have the ability to review it, we might even read it on the air. And since we're live currently, you engage with the show. We want your comments, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or even Twitter. You can engage with the show. And Dustin, I know you missed this sound on Wednesday, but I, I, I know you missed it so much you want to hear it again. So of course. I'll go ahead and play that magical, magical sound. 
That's right, folks. Again, live show, engage with us, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever platform you're watching on. Please engage with us. Now, but actually, before we get started with 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 Dustin's reacting to what um, uh, Stanley Smooth had to say or Dan uh, had to say on Wednesday about the Seattle Seahawks, we want to give a quick shout out to the University of Albany Great Danes football team. Unfortunately, they lost in the FCS semifinal yesterday to the defending champion who wound up winning their 28th game in a row, uh, it looks like, uh, and they're rolling on to the national uh, to the national finals to the uh, cha- national championship of FCS, which used to be known as one double a football. Uh, but this was a great season. If you didn't pay attention to the U Albany uh, locally to the U Albany great Danes football team. Yeah. This is a great story. This was a great story all season long. Yeah. You know, you got to And, and nothing, nothing for them to hang their heads about this season. They should be very proud of the way that they played the way that the way that the team performed, because you just said it. They lost to the defending champions who had won, you know, uh, 28 games in a row. That, yep. you know, if you have to lose, they always say in sports there are no moral victories, but um, this is as close to one as you can get, I think. Nothing to hang hang their heads about. Shout out to the players, the coaching staff, everybody. Um, it was nice to see our team making a little noise in football this year, you know. Uh, yeah. it usually doesn't happen. And I went to a school, I went to, uh, SUNY Oneonta shout out red dragons. Um, <laughs> they didn't have a football team. And that was something I missed about the college experience. Now, Oneonta soccer's huge out there. So I did go to a few soccer games, but it, it's, it's not the same as, as the gridiron. I'll tell you that. No, never the same. <laughs> never the same. And, and what's interesting is that, you all uh, about you always progression. 2019, they go to the playoffs. They win their first ever playoff game uh, as an at large uh, as an at large bid. 2020 didn't have a season. 2021, tons of restrictions. They don't play a whole lot of games. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they won two games all season. Last year they win three games. This year they win 11 games. They win the conference title for the first time. The, the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association. Title for the first time ever. Greg Catuso, I believe, should be coach of the year uh, in in the FCS. But they also have a lot of they have an outstanding defense. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, didn't really get to see it last night because they were they allowed fifty nine points uh, and their offense was shut out. But this is a team that's on the rise. This is a team that's on the rise, and I believe, I hope the Capital Region gets really really excited about next year. And you know, it's sad to say, and I, I've had friends of the show, Ashley Miller formerly of WNYT uh, talk. We talked about it last year when they were on the show and uh, Chris Honorado and she were on the show. We talked about how fickle Albany sports fans can be incredibly fickle because we mm-hmm. want to see a winner. We want to see we're, we're used to seeing winners. We want to see a winner. If you don't get a winning team off the bat, if you bring a new team to the town, forget about it, forget about it. But yeah. look, 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 you got you Albany football had a great season. The Albany firewolves, 2-0. They're playing a Saturday matinee today uh, game today in Philadelphia. You won't see them again at home until January 6th. I encourage anyone in the Capital Region, go support your teams. Support your home teams. This is, this is something that I've been harping on about ever since I pretty much created this podcast. If you're in the Capital Region, go support your teams. Support the Valley Cats. Support the Thunder. Support the now what's coming to town. 
the Albany Firebirds. They're coming to back. They're coming back to the Arena Football League. Support the Albany Firewolves. Support you, Albany Sports, Siena, uh, RPI, Union Hockey, uh, even their football programs. Go support them because it, it, they matter just as much as your professional teams that you watch on television every single week or every single day, like the Yankees or the Giants or the or whatever team you watch. You support them. Support them. They deserve your support. They do, and and it's time for me to call myself out a little bit here. Um, you know, I I used to see the Devils, and before that, the River Rats. That was the team that I followed. That was the, yep. that was the team yep. from the area that I followed a lot. And, and shameless plug, chaplain of the Albany Devils. For, yes, for, yes, for, and River Rats for nine seasons, but. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, and partially and I got to give a shout out if he's if he's watching today, he sometimes watches. But that's because one of my one of my friends, uh, Mr. P. Schmitty, he had season tickets to the rats back in the day. So that's how I saw a lot of the games. We would we would go and we'd check it out when when uh, the Knickerbocker Arena, a.k.a. the Pepsi Arena, a.k.a. Times Union Center, a.k.a. MVP Arena. It will always be the Nick to me. But the yep. Was empty for some of those. You know, you could say something, yeah. you could hear, you could hear people on the on the ice, and there were some lean years. But I went. But you know what? That's where it really stopped. I went to Devils mm-hmm. games as well. Um, yep. Shout out to Scott Mastriani if he's watching. One of my one of our friends here. He he and I would go to a game with with uh, with uh, Katie and everybody. We'd go to a game. We'd always grab dinner after. It became like a, a nice winter thing to do. Yeah. But once the Devils left town, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I said to myself, go watch Union Hockey because they're, you know, like, and have I done it yet? I have not. So that's, I have to call myself out here be a little better about supporting local teams. I do go to Valley Cats games. I do go I yeah, do go I, there. Yep, but, yep. I went to my first Valley Cats game last summer for the first time I think since 2018 or 2017. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was it was good to, it was good to be there. It was, it was fun to, it was good to be there all the game all of the game went forever. Oh my um, god. Yes. <laughs> some, of those games, <laughs> some of those games and if it's the game I'm thinking of, I'm trying to well, no, cuz you said it was last summer, but I remember um the company I worked for used to do a night at the Valley Cats, so I got to see mm-hmm. some games that way and you and you uh attended some of those with me and I used to I get did. a whole yeah, whole crew fun. of people. And um, one of the funny stories is my mother at the time, she was she was uh, sick. She had she had cancer, but she was feeling well enough to go to the game. But by the time we got to the ninth inning, uh, she would she wanted to go home. She yeah. she wasn't feeling well. So I said, OK, mom, we can go home. And she said, no, I, I want I want to finish the game. I, w- I want to stay till the end of the game. And then. <laughs> And then the the Valley Cats were behind and they rallied and took it to extra innings. And I just hear my mom, I just hear my mom behind me. And I'll use I'll use one uh swear word here. She just goes, oh shit. Because <laughs> she wanted to go home. And, 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 but 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 mercifully for my mother, uh the 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 Valley Cats unfortunately lost in uh extra innings relatively quickly so it wasn't yeah. but but it was 
<laughs> yeah, so, I will always so, laugh about that. So, so I think I think our goal for 2024, Dustin, should be to try to go to as many local sports games as we can possibly go to. Okay. Whether it yeah. be, I mean, I'm going to come on the I'm going to come on the Firewolves this year. I'll be posting uh, I'll be posting videos of their uh, of the goals they score in their home games. They look they look great last Saturday against Buffalo the, against the defending champion Buffalo Bandits. That was a great game to, to attend, and I highly encourage anybody to go down. Definitely get to some Thunder games. Definitely get to some uh, Firebirds games. I'll be covering yeah. the team again. Probably taking photography, doing that again, um, and some Valley Cats games. We got got to support pro teams. We also got to support our, our local college teams uh, mm-hmm. too. So, so we got to make we got to put our like you said, Dustin. We got to put our money where our mouth is, and we have to we have to support our local sports teams. And I would highly encourage anybody else in the audience if you're if you whatever your locale is. Uh, we got some. We got lots of comments in the chat right now. <laughs> we got some friends showing up. Uh, actually, one guy I want to shout out is Snowman. Uh, he unfortunately had a, a, a stint in the hospital. Oh, he was in the hospital for a few days, but he's uh, he's gonna be back in the in the chair on Monday, hopefully. So good to see you, Snowman. Yeah, you know, praying for you, hoping that you make a quick recovery. And it sounds like you're uh, uh, you're making your way to back to back to health. So. Yeah, glad to so, see you're on the 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 men snowman, and uh, glad to see you in the chat. Always fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I got some friends uh, chiming in. Good morning, Ryan. It's my buddy Brat, my buddy Bratley. He also says, "I stood real sports, Felix," which is a line from uh, uh, from Liddy Ballers. We got, I gotta have you watch that too. You gotta have. Yeah, you gotta I'll definitely have to me. watch that. Yeah, my friend Sapna Sports Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta chime in with that, and my buddy, uh, my buddy Josiah, he's a he's a prison chaplain, so yeah, he's he's checking in from, uh, I believe it will be, I think he's from he's in Arizona, I believe, so oh, he's okay. checking in from there. So, uh, but also Snowman says I'll be in the chair today for Steelers Colts at four p.m. Oh man, yeah. yeah, don't forget last what happened last year with the Colts where they were up forty. <laughs> What thirty three to nothing, and they went up surrounding that lead. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes. Saturday football with Jeff Saturday at, at as head coach. It can't get any better than that. <laughs> can't get any better than that. All right, we're gonna finally dive into the show. And Dustin, I uh, had my guest. I had a guest on Wednesday filling in for you, my buddy Dan, also known as Stanley Smooth. That's his podcast. Uh, that's his podcast moniker. And like you, he's a Seahawks fan. He's from Long Island, Strong mm-hmm. Island. He's a he's a diehard New York Islanders fan, but he's also a Seattle Seahawks fan. I don't know where you people come from with, this, <laughs> with your Seattle loyalty, but he had I had him talk about some thoughts he had on his podcast, uh, which mm-hmm. is Time to BS with Stanley Smooth. Go check it out. It's a great podcast. Yeah. Uh, what? And I, I I even proposed off camera. I said we gotta have a Northeast Belly Up Sports Northeast Summit because we got Jared who's in Massachusetts, who's in sorry Jared's in Connecticut. Yep. Stan, Stanley uh, Daniel Smooth. He uh, changed that to Daniel, not Stanley. Um, Daniel Smooth. But yeah, Dan's in uh, Long Island. Long Island. Uh, yeah. Kev, we got Kev, who's another Belly Up contributor. He's in Massachusetts. We got people from all over the place. Uh, actually, we have we have a, we had uh, another contributor, Brian. He was on our hockey super, our hockey preseason super show. Oh, he goes to Siena College. Oh wow! So we have to have we gotta have a northeast north, belly up northeast summit sometime soon. But I digress. But Daniel Smooth had this interesting comment. I'll put a couple minutes of the of the comment mm-hmm. in which he believes that the uh, that the Seattle Seahawks need to blow it up. 
And I want to get your opinion on this. So I'll plug, I'll go ahead and play, I'll, I'll go ahead and play that clip for you. Uh, let me go ahead and get this going here, window. And I'll go ahead and play it right now. I don't have sound on this. I can oh, read it. Hang on. All right. All right. Let me let me try it again. Hang on. Okay. We're live, folks. We're live. This is live. This is live <laughs> television. Live on the interwebs. <laughs> Just like Tony Schiavone used to say in the Monday Night Wars, we are live. <laughs> we are live. <laughs> so let me see if I can bring up the video clip here. Hold, hold. Please hold. Yeah. Stall, stall, vamp, vamp. <laughs> hold, hold. One arm bar. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest bits from wrestling ever. Yes. Ever, ever. Yes. We we love we love uh, Chris Jericho here. But I will. Yes. I must say. I must say. I did tune in a little bit for the show. On Wednesday, mm -hmm. after um, my company open house, the open house was good. Had some nice catered food. Got to got to drink a little mm -hmm. Hill Rock. Got to have a little time. But uh, I thought I thought Dan did a great job filling in. I yeah. love the jersey. Obviously, love 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 the jersey. And also, I uh, I saw the tattoo, and uh, that's pretty cool. Um, that that tattoo that he's got. He had the I think it was a tattoo of the island on his arm if, if memory serves uh but did a great job um yep. you two really got after it had a lot to say on that show from what i caught and i mm -hmm. i was in the chat and i tried not to like take over you know i didn't want to keep typing and taking over no, stuff but i got you you know i had to get a couple of jokes in there i'm so glad yeah. that you got my tonic joke that made me so happy <laughs> <laughs> all right i got the clip ready so i'll take right. a couple minutes of that clip and we'll uh we'll have you react they need to fire everyone from the top down starting with john schneider who nice burn starting with john schneider the general manager uh, the trades, I mean, the, the three big ones, the three incomparable trades, starting with Percy Harvin signing into that massive extension after trading a first round pick plus for him. Let's not forget the Jimmy Graham trade. I don't I, I was excited when they got him. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl that year, 2015. You know how that turned out. Most notably, the Jamal Adams trade. Two first round picks for a bona fide linebacker. Thank you, by the way. That's appreciate. No, I know, I know, I know you. <laughs> but it was Garrett Wilson and AVT. If Pete Carroll was such a great coach, why is it that the last five plus years his defenses have been below average to do to downright terrible? Why is it? Why is it that his offense has continued to be inconsistent? Why is it that his teams since 2016, since the Falcons' playoff loss. Sorry about that. Uh, why is it that, th that those teams continue to be inconsistent at the worst possible times? People were picking Seattle to go and win the NFC West this year. I thought they were going to win the NFC West because I didn't believe in San Francisco. I thought that Brock Purdy is a product of that system. If Kyle Shanahan can make Brian Hoyer 
look like a competent quarterback on two different occasions, then Brock Purdy is a product of that system. Prove me wrong. But no, like Clint Hurt, Shane Waldron, Pete Carroll, all of them. Larry Izzo, Geno Smith, Jamal Adams, just fire everyone, get rid of everyone, start from the ground up. I know Seahawks fans don't want to hear it. The ones that really appreciate this team do not want to hear it, but it has to be done. They're going to go nowhere unless they clean house, start from the ground up, bring in Dan Quiz, the head coach, hire Scott McGlowan, the former Washington GM, bring him in. He is a former Seattle guy. Bring bring both of them in. Start from the ground up. Simple as that. Dustin? All right. Your reaction. All right. Now, Now, I will say, I will say, Dan is right about one thing. You cannot argue that the last the last few years under Pete Carroll, they've been in a place where you don't want to be because they're good enough to possibly make the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to get top picks. You know, so they're kind of in NFL purgatory. However, I must disagree with Dan's point. I did not think they were going to win the NFC West this year. I was not one of those people picking them. I said that they might make the playoffs as a wild card team. I said that they would make the playoffs as a wild card team Um, because San Francisco, I knew that they were the class of the division. What John Lynch has done there, um, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's a great coach. If Brock Purdy is a product of that system, it doesn't matter because he's still there. You know, it, it's much like uh, the year that Belichick um, it took uh, Matt. Oh, who was that quarterback? He Matt Castle. And then he signed a big contract to the Chiefs and for the Chiefs. And he was he was not the same guy after that when he after filling in for Brady very well. But back to the point here. The main and and Dan does bring up some good points. Um, some of the trades that Seattle has made under Pete Carroll and John Schneider's tenure haven't worked out so well. Uh, but I will say the counterpoint to almost all of those trades, Jimmy Jimmy Graham had health problems once he got to Seattle. He had some injury history. Percy Harvin also. There were questions about his chemistry. He's the one that was most surprising that they brought in. But you cannot understate the impact he had on their Super Bowl win when he returned that kick. Percy Harvin also injury prone, had that health issue with migraines, missed a lot of games. The Jamal Adams trade, however, is the one that sticks out, especially considering what they gave up for him. But even then, we can't really evaluate that trade because Jamal has not been happy or healthy, rather. If Jamal had been healthy and not gotten injured, football isn't a game of what ifs and we can sit here and and play it all day. But we can't. That trade is a loss for Seattle. It's a huge blemish, but he wasn't healthy either. So all the trades that that Dan called out were majorly impacted by health. Jimmy Graham was a good end zone target when he was in Seattle, but he missed a lot of time and they did give up a lot for him. If 
I am going off off memory, but I believe Max Unger was part of that trade as well. A good a good center at the time that we let go to. I believe New Orleans at the time to get to get Jimmy Graham. I I could be wrong on that because I'm going off the top of my head, and we know what can happen sometimes when I do that. But I would argue that bringing in Dan Quinn, you can't. And I will acknowledge this is part of my. Bringing in Dan Quinn would not be a full cleaning of the house because Dan Quinn, he was part of the Pete Carroll staff. He was part. He was part of everything. And while he has done a remarkable job turning around the defense in Dallas, I I did some looking up this morning. He took. Uh, he became the defensive coordinator in Dallas in 2021, and he. He took the defense from being ranked, I believe it was 28th the year before, all the way to sixth and seventh, you know, when he got there. And now mm-hmm. we see what's what's going on here per pro football reference. I think they're currently the fourth ranked defense in the NFL. I gotta I gotta re-look at the stats, but you cannot argue with the defensive turnaround he has done. However, I I hate to admit it, but that Super Bowl loss as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons was that defensive collapse was one for the record books. They gave up the largest lead in Super Bowl history, and I cannot unsee that because shortly after that, if memory serves about his time in Atlanta, he lost the team. And let us not forget who won the Super Bowl in 2015, February, February, uh, whatever the date was, 2015. That was the New England Patriots. Now, everybody likes to get on Pete, as they rightfully should, because that 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 call of not running the ball at the goal line, that destroyed that version of that team. The chemistry was never the same after that. But who was the D coordinator? Everyone forgets. That in the second half, Seattle's defense collapsed, and they are a big reason. That is a big reason why the Patriots were in position to win that game late because of Seattle had a lead at halftime and they collapsed defensively. You cannot argue that. So it's two years of a of a defense collapsing on the biggest stage, and it scares me. Scares me about Dan Quinn. I have to wonder if he is one of these classic cases, a la Wade Phillips, where defensive coordinator he's going to crush it, but you bring him in as the head coach, might not be, you know, <laughs> might not be the best. But with all that being said, maybe he has learned a lot as his, uh, you know, after after. Um, you know, after his time in Atlanta, maybe he's changed some philosophies. We don't know, but I would argue that bringing in Dan Quinn would not be a complete blowing it up. And I'm a little bit also, these are just all my organic thoughts here. Anytime you have a clear cut successor, um, I've, I've, I haven't been a Seahawks fan for that long in the grand scheme of things. I started really following the team in 1999 when I got into football. I didn't really watch it before then. I would catch a game here and there, but I didn't really like lock into football until 1999. But the Mike Holmgren era is the only other era where we had some six sustained success as a team in recent memory. And they had a hand-picked 
successor. They had Jim Mora Jr. ready to step in line, and that was some of the worst years in Seattle <laughs> in, uh, in, in recent memory. And the thing that I – while you can criticize Pete Carroll and John Schneider, um, they are simpatico as a duo. They realize – like John Schneider realizes what Pete Carroll wants to do as a head coach, and he tries to draft players that fit the system that Pete Carroll wants to implement. And I can I'm, – I'm a bit of a sycophant. I think to some degree they're right. I think with Pete Carroll's coaching style, I think it may be time for him to go. His his there have been reports that have come out that his continually optimistic style and his rah rah uh, um, sentiments wear on some of the older players. However, the younger players seem to buy into it. They seem to buy in, and I just feel like with the draft that they had last year, they're starting to build something again. And I kind of want to have them see it through, but maybe it is time for a change in Seattle. But I, I would hope that John Schneider stays on at GM to bring a little bit of continuity because I, I like the way he evaluates some talent. I think he, he has, while they've had a lot of misses, they are good at finding some later round talent um, but it may be time for Pete Carroll's uh, tenure in Seattle to come to an end. But I don't think Dan Quinn is necessarily this this perfect replacement that everybody is is lining it up to be. And to be a, if you really want to change the culture, to me, you can't bring somebody in who was a cornerstone uh, for a couple of years of the Pete Carroll established culture up there. You kind of got to, you kind of got to pick one or the other. And um, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts on it. The injuries, the injuries were really a factor on all of the trades that, that, that Dan mentioned, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean he's wrong at all because all of those trades did not work out, especially with what they gave up. I mean, I, I can remember the quote from John Schneider when they made the uh, Jamal Adams trade and they said in, in a reporter asked him, what about the fact that you have no, no uh, first round draft picks this year? And, um, it might have been Pete Carroll that said it or John Schneider. I can't remember. But they said, we have our first-round pick, Jamal Adams, and we're very happy with him. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. And especially after that stunt he pulled when he uh, uh, when he went after a, a, a New York yeah. New York media yeah. beat reporter saying, oh, this is, your, this, is your, this is your girl, huh? And it's like, yeah. dude. Like, no, that was ridiculous. And I must say, I must say, no shade to, to Gino – but I did not agree with the contract that they gave him. That was too bad. I, I was really surprised about that. Yes, that is also another move. So maybe they're maybe they're buying into their own Kool-Aid a little bit. But to sum up my rambling, my off-the-cuff rambling, <laughs> if it is time for the Schneider-Carroll era to come to an end in Seattle, then, then blow it up truly and bring in all new personnel. Don't do – don't do uh, a, a you know a half rebuild with Dan Quinn coming in there, um, and who knows he may he's going to be a sought after commodity. And Seattle does make sense from like an optics 
standpoint, but he may mm-hmm. want to go to one of the other openings first. You know, there, there's yeah. the Chargers are open as we will uh, yeah. as we will get hey, into. That's a great transition. Yeah, because <laughs> Brandon finally, Brandon Staley, and I, and Dustin, I'm going to break out the praise music for this. Found out yesterday after the humiliating, absolutely humiliating loss on Thursday night on what I thought was going to be Thursday night football, but (laughs) this was a real real deuce dropping by the Chargers. This was uh, this wasn't this wasn't a Thursday night football. This was like this was straight diarrhea. You have IBS. (laughs) You have have Crohn's, sir. You have Crohn's disease. Yeah, yeah. But I, but after the humiliating loss, he was asked, "Do you think you should keep your job after this game?" He says, "Yeah, I should. Keep, I should keep my job." And then the other shoe dropped around twelve noon on Friday when it was revealed that that not only head coach Brandon Staley was let go, but also their GM was let go. And as I as soon as I saw that, I broke out the I, I broke out the praise dance. sure chargers fan was doing the same thing as soon as that announcement came out oh yeah yeah i mean this is tough because it seems yeah. like we're we're uh, we're celebrating a man's firing we're you know we're getting no, but we're not and we never we never want to do that on this show and and from from the reports that i've heard you know, I, I said that like I have in, inside sources. I do not. But from from things that I've heard, um, Brendan Staley's a good guy. But yeah. but I mean, this this firing and I want to get your thoughts on it. I'll, I just I just talked at length for a bunch of times. I want to get your your thoughts on it. But this firing to me was way overdue. It yeah. should have happened last year. I mean, this isn't. This isn't like these these collapses because Dan brought up a good point in his Seattle conversations. Pete Carroll's teams in recent history, they do they do tend to fold kind of at the most inopportune times. Uh, sometimes they get boneheaded penalties that kill drives. Mm-hmm. Under Pete Carroll, they're one of the most penalized teams in the in the NFL. Um, Pete Carroll's challenge record is pretty abysmal. Just as a as a fan who's watched, but. Brandon Staley took it to a whole other level. You know, Brandon Staley, he blew that playoff lead. You could just see, I mean, the other night, the Chargers had had quit on him. There's no, there's no 
disputing that the way that they they got thwomped by the Raiders like that. But he just he had the look of someone that was confused on the sidelines and didn't know what to do. And I mean, this Chargers team is not devoid of talent. That's no. the crazy thing. That's, that's the sad part. That's the yes, sad. that's the most baffling part. But yeah. this was way overdue, in my opinion. No, this, and I want to get your thoughts. I don't disagree with you. And here's here's what I'm, I'm looking at this, the score lines from every every game this season that the, that the uh, Chargers have played. Uh, they had a lead against. Let's see. They had a lead against Miami in the first game of the season. Uh, they have a four point lead with six ten to go. Or, I'm sorry, with three fifty three to go, and they lost that game. They had an eleven point lead against the Tennessee Titans. Lost that game against the Cowboys. That was a winnable game. They lost that game. Same thing. Same with the uh, same with the Lions. They could have won that. It would they would have won that game. Uh, lost to the Packers. Lost to the Ravens. They somehow beat the Patriots. I'm still shocked that they beat the Jets by the score line. The, the score they had. They had less than 200 yards of offense and still went up winning that game 27 to six. That was. But that's more of an indictment about the Jets' offense. But that's another. That's 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 just that's the different thing. But just, yeah, the the I don't think he should have been left go let go after the Jacksonville game. I think he should have been given a shot to prove himself that he was definitely the coach uh, to be for that Chargers team. Uh, there were rumblings that after the Chiefs lost, if they had lost to the Bears on Sunday night, he would have been gone after that game. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, after that after that game after that humiliating IBS lost. Uh, to the to the Las Vegas, he should have been forced to hitchhike home because, he, like you said, Dustin, he looked like a guy who had who had no business being out there as a coach. He looked confused. I think he's lost the locker room, and I think the Chargers are headed down a dark path, a very dark path. Yes, very highly talented team, but this roster is getting older, especially on yes. defense. Yes, this roster this roster is. Uh, for, for uh, to use a very diplomatic term, uh, they're in cap hell. They're going to be in cap salary cap hell very very soon. I think, and that we don't we don't. So we're, I'm not celebrating this loss because I'm not celebrating this firing because I don't think Brandon Staley. I, because I believe Brandon Staley was a is a bad person. I I, I from like you said, Dustin. He's very well respected. He's very smart. He's very, he's very, he's got a very good mind for football. Mm -hmm. But you can't get a job in the NFL based on the fact that you had Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey on your team for the Super Bowl win for that Super Bowl season when they won the Super Bowl at home at SoFi Field. That does not justify a hiring in the NFL. Yeah. And yet, very talented coordinator. He set up the schemes for correctly, but when you have talent, a talented defense like that, yeah, of course you're going to win the Super Bowl. But yeah. in time, yeah. you bring in you got you get Joey Bosa. Joe, uh, I think it was Joey Bosa. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey was drafted by yeah Chargers. Yep, because I always Nick is on the 49ers. He's younger. Joey, a little older. Chargers. Yeah. So, and you bring in J.C. Jackson. That turned out to be a horrible acquisition. 
Uh, you bring have Derwin James, and you also have yeah, Derwin James, one of the best James. safeties in the NFL, in your back and your defensive backfield. But your decision, and you have uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack yeah, is also Khalil Mack is one of your pass rushers. He almost set the NFL record for single season, uh, single game sacks in a game. He had six against the, uh, I think, he had six against the Raiders, and they and they went up barely winning that game. Mm-hmm. They went up barely winning that game, twenty four seventeen. So, but t- t- he, but the things he he does like the the mismanagement of clock mismanagement. Yes. Horrible challenging this horrible challenge decisions, roster mismanagement. These are some of the things that I've accused Robert Sala of. And another, but also I will bring up another, I would say another uh guy who can you would probably consider as a head coach, Jeff Ulbrich, defensive coordinator for the Jets. He's another guy to look out for. But I think it kind of came came down to and, and I jokingly said throughout last year and this year that Brandon Staley is the Aaron Boone of NFL coaches because yeah. he realized he relies too much on the analytics. He relies too little on coaching touch. He doesn't make as as well as good as a decision that coaches should make to set themselves up for success. And granted, the Chargers went to the playoffs last year, but what happened in those playoffs? They had twenty seven nothing lead, blew yeah. that lead, and it carried over into this season uh, without with all that uh, with all those blunders and the roster mismanagement and the bad challenges at a bad time. But yeah. I think this this firing was definitely way overdue. I think he should have been fired after week four. And like I, like I said, I don't want any coach to be fired in the NFL. It's a very hard job. It's a very difficult job. Coaching, yeah. period, is a, is, a, is a very difficult job. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter which sport you're in. Football, hockey, Major League Baseball, basketball. Dif- coaches are hired to be fired, as, as the great Rod Peterson would, would say. Coaches are hired to be fired. Very difficult, but here's also also here's the other thing: you're coaching a fa- a team that has a fan base that just basically doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Ever That's... since they ever since they relocated from San Diego to Los Angeles, they played those what two three seasons at at the Home Depot Home Depot Field, which is basically mm-hmm. a soccer stadium. Yeah, you couldn't share this. You couldn't share Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum with the Rams for a couple seasons. So you had to go to a soccer. You had to go to a soccer, a soccer stadium, I'm not disparaging soccer stadiums, folks. But I'm saying, this is how you're treated in the Los Angeles area. You have a fan base. You, you, I mean, do you even have a fan base at this point? I, I think I know one. I think there's one Chargers fan I know of, and she's on Twitter. Uh, Joe Madden. She's a she's a she's a great follow on Twitter. If you get a chance to at Joe Madden Sports, uh, she does she does bet anal- betting analysis. She's she's brilliant. She's also a Chargers fan, and she's what and she celebrated the day yesterday after Brandon Staley got fired because they've been waiting because whatever Chargers fan is out there has been waiting for this day since last season and probably since earlier this season. So I think the firing was justifiable. I think they're gonna they are gonna wind up blowing things up. They award that huge contract to Justin Herbert. Which yeah. is which they were following in fashion with other teams in the NFL. That they you draft the quarterback, you develop him, you let him ball out for two seasons. You award them with a huge, you reward them with a huge contract. Yes, but so detrimental to the other position to the other positions in fo- and that you need to focus on, particularly yeah. the offensive line, and uh, particularly the offensive line. That's where it hurts. That's where it's been hurt. Where I believe it's been hurt the most for the Chargers. But yeah, yeah. Somebody had somebody had to be the scapegoat for 
what has been a disappointing season for the Chargers, and mm-hmm. unfortunately had to be Brandon Staley and uh, Tele- and Tom Telesco for the the GM. Yeah, and I will say, I will say, are you worried at all? Because I feel like. Now, we'll have to see. We'll have to see next year when Justin Herbert comes back from this finger injury and whoever the, whoever yeah. they bring in as the head coach, whether it be Dan Quinn or, or somebody else. Um, and we'll have to see what happens with some of the other teams in the NFL after the season to see what kind of openings will be there. But uh, does any of this fall upon Justin Herbert? Because I've started to notice that late in games – he also is not uh, – he hasn't performed the way that he did maybe in past seasons. And uh, we'll have to see. I don't know how much of this is on Justin Herbert and how much of it was coaching because mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, um, and this is, kind of a, this is kind of a weird corollary to make, but you kind of have to look at it. Everybody was saying how much Kellen Moore was sought after and that Kellen Moore would be a possible candidate for a head coaching situations. Well, look at, look at the way that Dak has played since Kellen Moore left Dallas. Dak is having one of his best seasons. And you have to wonder because Mike McCarthy was like, okay, I'm going to handle the offensive duties. Now, we take a lot of pot shots here on this show at Mike McCarthy. <laughs> no relation, as you like to no say. No relation. But, he's, but, pe- he's, pe- he's Pennsylvania McCarthy. I'm New Jersey McCarthy. Yeah. So I, just wanted to, I wanted to make that Straighten uh, that out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because Kellen Moore comes in and – Dak kind of ascends to what is his best season in Dallas by my by my memory, and Justin Herbert is going the other way. So is is any of this attributed to Kellen Moore's play calling or anything? Or is it, you know, I guess we could play chicken or the egg all day with this, but are you at all concerned about Justin Herbert with that massive contract, is he kind of regressing or is it going to be as a result of the coaching? I guess we'll have to find out next year. We'll find out takes over for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to take our first commercial break and when we come back, we're going to discuss some baseball uh, with the uh, show. Yeah. We're we're talking baseball. Baseball. (laughs) All right. We're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back in just a brief moment. Stay tuned for more. No credentials required. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Well, guess what, folks? Today is nine. This this many, this many days (laughs) until Christmas. And guess what makes a great gift for your family? Tickets, sports tickets, Broadway tickets, comedy shows, music shows, concerts, whatever your fancy, whatever the person, whatever the person you're looking for the gift for, whatever their fancy is, you go to SeatGeek.com. You go to the 
you go to the section, you go to the, any, look for, look for your desired event. Look for your desired event on the show, whichever show that you are looking for. And you save some money at checkout by using promo code BillyUpSports at checkout. You get 20 bucks off your first order of $50 or more. And not only do they have, do we have the promo code, but we also have SeatGeek has their tool, which tells you the best deals for the best tickets. So if you see a green, you see a green dot on the screen, we're looking for whichever place you're looking for uh, at the arena or the stadium you're looking to go to. That's the best price they have. You get multiple tickets. You get, and again, you save some money at checkout, $20 off your first order, $50 or more. When you use promo code belly up sports at checkout, before we get to our next segment, we do have some, uh, we do have some comments in the chat. We got to address, uh, Bradley said, my buddy Bradley Rich, aka Bradley says, Pete the cheat is a snake in the grass. And he says, Sorry, it's an over hate from his USC days. No, I understand. I understand. And I think that's part of the reason. Uh, and this is why we're live. Uh, but this is like a therapy session. I think I'm a bit of a Pete Carroll apologist because I was so wrong when he was initially hired. I thought it was a terrible hire. I, I, I was like, this is awful. I don't like this. This is going to go terribly. And then it didn't go terribly. So I think that's why I've become a little bit of a Pete Carroll defender uh, because I'm trying to make up for my initial very wrong assessment. <laughs> <laughs> he also says, he also says, bring North Turner back. Oh, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Where is he now? Uh, well, uh, the last time we saw him as a coach or any time of coaching uh, uh, position, he was a special assistant to the head coach for the Carolina Panthers in 2019. Okay. That was when Matt Rule was the uh, was the head coach of the team. Well, we all know where Matt Rule is now. Matt Rule is co- currently the head coach of the University of Nebraska. So, yeah. uh, but that's where I guess North Turner must decide to say, you know what. I've done enough in the NFL. I'm just going to hang yeah. it up. Yeah, uh, he's a great uh, coordinator in his time. Head coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Wilson from Belly Up Fantasy Sports said the, Seattle, the, the, the Seahawks, he's a fellow Seahawks fan, the Seahawks don't need to blow up the whole thing up. They're building with good young players. They need to decide what to do on what to do at quarterback and improve the defense. They'll be fine. Yeah, this is a take that I tend to agree with because I said that the the Geno Smith deal way too much. It's not it's not the future, but that's that's why I said they they seem to be building something again, and I kind of want to have them see it out with uh, Tariq Woolen and um, Charles Cross, Lucas, some of the younger players that they've drafted. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, big old big old spoon. <laughs> uh, he also goes on to say they had a fan base in San Diego. I've been in two games there. They were loved. The Chargers turned their back on that. I don't feel bad that they have no one in LA that cares about them. Very good point. I mean, the the San Diego f- fan base got job there. Um, yeah, we'll put them. We'll put them right up there with the Seattle SuperSonics. Bring the NBA back to Seattle, uh, please. You know, I, I still feel. I, I still think it's hysterical i said this a lot i said it on snowman i've said it on, i believe i said it on this this i believe i said it on this particular podcast i said i said it's i found it hilarious the nhl gave us they gave an expansion team to seattle before before the nba came back to see is going to come back to seattle i think they'll eventually come back 
uh, David Stern said, yeah, we're going to bring back, we're going to, Seattle's going to come back to the NBA. Yeah. Where has he been? Yeah. David Stern's, David Stern is, as, as unfortunately, he, he's no longer with us and Adam Silver is kind of sitting on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to move quickly on to our next segment. We're going to talk about Shohei Otani signing with the LA Dodgers. Uh, they also they also bring in uh, they also bring in in a trade with the with the Houston not the Houston the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, yeah. Tyler Glasnow. They're also uh, reportedly pursuing Yoshinobu Yamamoto, not Yoshinobu Yamamoto from the Japan leagues. Uh, he was he was one of their star pitchers for. Uh, Japan and the World Baseball Classic. Interesting, interesting contract. Ten years, yes. reportedly, ten years, seven hundred million. However, he's deferred. He's chosen to defer six hundred and eighty million dollars of that contract. He won't see his first sixty-eight million until two thousand until twenty thirty-four. So, uh, it's, it's, I think it's a pretty brilliant move. Oh yeah. What's the what's your what's your thoughts on Otani signing with the Dodgers? Well, first off, just from the pure, it's mind-boggling money. This is generational yeah. wealth, and I think it is a very smart move for Shohei Otani to defer because he's going to start receiving money at that tail end of his contract. He's going to yeah. know. He, he's going to he's by all right, and I and I don't know Shohei's age off the top of my head. Uh, he tur- he turns thirty in July. I thought <laughs> okay. he was younger. I thought he was yeah. much younger when I was like, oh, Me he's too. only 25, 26. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be here for a while. Then I saw his age. I looked at his age on Wikipedia. He turns thirty in July. I'm like, wow. I didn't realize he was that old. <laughs> yeah, I did not either. But we forget that he was a star in Japan for quite some time before coming over, and he has been with the Angels for for a bit now um mm. but this this is an unbelievably brilliant move by otani because he's going to start receiving money when his career is probably over you know mm. unless he pitches well into his 40s you know who knows but but i cannot believe the dodgers this now we're going to have a shohei otani day that's what's going to happen there's going to be bobby bonilla day bobby bonilla day is finally going to end and then we're going to have shohei otani day but just in the short term the dodgers are going for it and just on paper and i'm going off of memory so i could be wrong but their mm-hmm. rotation could include they're going to have glass now yep he would be number he would be an ace on a lot of staffs but you got Shohei Otani coming in. Shohei has been a great pitcher at times, a pretty good pitcher at other times. But the the big wild card is Shohei Otani's bat. So there you go. You have that. You have Clayton Kershaw, who is getting older. I don't know what the status of of him is. Dustin May, who. Uh, before injuries was a very good pitcher the Dodgers and then if they bring in this Japanese pitcher that they are they have their eye on they could have an extremely good rotation just with glass now and Otani you can you can build around that that but but this also to me sends a clear message uh I think if the Dodgers underperform this year a lot of that a lot of that staff could be could be gone if it doesn't yeah. if it doesn't work out because they are yeah. they are loading up on assets here. But this Otani deal, 
I am shocked by his age. I, like you, thought he was younger. So I thought, but the fact that it's deferred and also, I just, I'm always skeptical of these 10 year contracts, these huge contracts, because the templates, what do we have for it? We have the Rick DiPietro contract. It, mm-hmm. it didn't really work out all that well. The Alex Rodriguez contract, we know what an albatross that was for the Yankees at the time, you know, and then and then the Rangers before that, you know, they they the Rangers got rid of him at that time. And Alex has come out and said he felt immense pressure to perform because of the amount of that contract and the sheer term of that contract. So yeah. uh- well, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at Bleacher Report because we do real time research on this program, folks. Yes, as always, we gotta make that a shirt. Uh, real time research. Here's the projected starting rotation according to Bleacher Report for the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2024. Walker Bueller, who is yep. probably gonna miss it's the very first good. Whole, he's gonna he's gonna miss the first probably month or two of the season because he had uh, Tommy John surgery. Tyler Glasnow, Bobby Miller, Ryan Yarbrough, and Emmett Sheeran. Now this oh, okay. is this is just the projected starting rotation. We don't yeah. see uh, we don't see a uh, uh, I can't remember his name Clayton Kershaw or Dustin Thank you. May Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, we yeah. don't see either of those guys in there. But then he had twenty twenty five. Otani had elbow surgery. Uh, he had Tommy John in twenty eighteen. He had elbow surgery last year, so he's not going to be pitching. He's not going to be pitching in twenty twenty four. But they also bring in for twenty two. This is this is what they're. Uh, rotation looks like in 2025. Shoei Otani, Tyler Glasnow, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, who underwent Tommy surgery this year, and Bobby Miller. So 2024 is looking pretty good for the Dodgers. 2025 might even be better. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crazy part. That is that is, and I had forgotten about uh, Shohei's pending, but but that it, see, it's easy to forget about that because he's still gonna hit. That's that's yeah. the thing. So, um, yep. in yep. some ways, this could be a bargain because you're getting you're getting the best. It, he can do both. He's like a he's like a Bo Jackson of baseball. He can do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and yeah. think about this way: he he deferred his contract for the first ten for the, the entirety of his contract. I mean, you're it, it's a baller move by my mind because California is notoriously horrible, horrible for. Anyone who makes over a million dollars in their for salary, I think their tax bracket, I think their tax rate is fifteen percent in yeah, state. I think it's which something is, like that. Yeah, which rivals New York, but um, but yeah, this is why, uh, that's why you don't go to California to make money. Uh, but Joe Hayden wanted to stay in California, and he just moves down the road a piece uh, from Anaheim down to uh, down to Los Angeles. But I have some thoughts about. The Angels. Oh, yes. I'm starting to wonder if the Angels have given up because, and this goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago about about NFL ownership, about how some owners in the NFL, and it carries over into other leagues too, about how how unserious they are about winning. It doesn't. They don't care about the fact that the, they don't care about the fact that their fans want to see them win. They care more about the fact that they have that mantle as sports owner. I own a sports team. Look at me. I it's a, it's a talking piece at parties. It's a mantle piece on my wall. Mm-hmm. And I think that includes Artie Moreno, who is the owner of the 
Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Gross. That's such a gross name. I hate that name. Please change. But but I, I am I am I right in this regard because I see I see it in the NFL. I see it more Major League Baseball where yes. you have the A's completely stiffing their fan base in Oakland, moving to Las Vegas in 2025. You mm-hmm. see it in places like Kansas City. Although to be fair, to be fair, uh, they did sign. Uh, they did sign a couple. They did sign. Uh, um, can't remember his name. Yesterday, uh, oh. Michael. He signed. They signed Michael Waka and uh, Tyler Renfro yesterday to, oh, to okay. a couple of your, your contracts. But you see it in You see it in places like Pittsburgh. Although to be fair, Pittsburgh's on the on the up and up with their minor league system. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, yes. Again, they're on the up and up with their minor league system. All those kids coming through and contributing now yes it could be even more dangerous in 2024 but that uh, you you hit the nail on the head because the baseball example that i was going to bring up there were going to be two and it was going to be baltimore because for years it was angelo's family the angelo's family did not care yeah i mean even as a yankee fan who didn't really follow Baltimore just from being in that division. Even I knew that that Baltimore ownership, the Angelos family didn't care. They just liked the fact that they own the team, but they weren't going to do anything to improve the team. And also the Cubs, Cubs fans will remember that when they were owned, I can't remember who owned them at this time. I think it was when they were owned by like the Chicago Tribune or something. But, but, that ownership team did not care. They simply just owned the Cubs, but they knew that people would show up to Wrigley no matter what happened, and it was evident that they did not care to bring in a winning product on the field. And, you know, it's always tough, but baseball does seem to be more of a breeding ground for it. But some of the examples you brought up, I mean, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is a true – small market team uh kansas city also small market but there were there were rumors um for years that kansas city just wanted to (laughs) there are some owners in sports that just want to make the team profitable and and make a profit from it and that's it or they want to have it as like a a a pelt on their wall so to speak and baseball seems to be a breeding ground um for that but yeah. uh, the NFL is starting to turn into that. Hi, David Tepper. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I will say it's just Artie Moreno. Your thoughts on the Angels, I think you're 100% right. Because Artie Moreno, he is not willing. Now, he has given money to players. But he signed Poolholes to that massive deal, yeah. which when when you knew that – you know, it wasn't going to end well. It wasn't going to end well. And I love Albert. I love Albert yep. as a player and and everything that he's done. And I was happy to see him sign with the Dodgers and then uh, a couple of years ago and kind of have like that final run to be like, you know what, I can still do it. But that Angels contract was an abject disaster. And then they didn't do anything to try to keep Otani. They didn't and and they didn't trade they didn't trade him away when they had the shot to try to get some some resources and the and the big loser here in all of this is Mike Trout because yep there is 
There is a, a talented player in Anaheim that many consider one of the best players to play the game right now, and nobody really thinks of him because he has had some injuries, but he's been in Anaheim toiling away on a roster that and, – and, and as you, as you said, Moreno is not doing anything. Look at some of the talent that has gone through Anaheim. O- Otani is the top of that list. They let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Trout is still there. But Al- um, Anthony Rendon, he, they signed Rendon to this contract. Then they let him walk. It, it, it's just such a – and also Rendon's got some injury history, but he also is – you know, when he is right, he plays well. But the Angels just they don't seem to make trades for prospects. They don't they don't they don't keep the talent there that they signed to try to build around um, Mike Trout. And now Mike Trout is past his prime. Let's call it what it is. I mean, he Ooh. he is not a young player anymore. Doesn't I mean, I wouldn't say. <laughs> OK, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say he's past his prime, but he's. He's in no, but his, the Angels wasted his best years. Yes, they've wasted. That's exactly what I was trying to say. They have wasted. They have wasted his talent out there. Yeah. Wasted it. All right. Before we get to our next segment, before we get to the next commercial break, just a couple more comments from Kevin. He says injuries could very well, very well derail the Dodgers rotation. They need more starting pitching, which is probably why they're in the hunt for. Yeah, they're uh, loading up. MMO. And Yankees, New York Yankees. Please, <laughs> on my Christmas wish list, Yoshinobu Yabamoto. He also says the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is grotesque. <laughs> is it back to the Anaheim Angels or even California Angels? Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. All right, I've got one cat. i got to figure out what he's all about. So let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll do our last segment. Talking about Draymond Green and his utter Oof. incompetence. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay tuned for more No Credentials. I'm going to pour myself some more coffee. Hey. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Invader Coffee, the best coffee. What's up? Uh, I dropped my headphones or else I would have been right back in it. But I I poured Invader Coffee during the Invader ad. Hey, there you go. And I unfortunately have uh, have ran out of coffee, drank all my coffee for today. Uh, But I had I got the uh, Christmas holiday package where Mm -hmm. you get you get the Jolly Java cookie crumble. And Bad Santa. I had the cookie crumble. Dustin, you had the cookie crumble. Yes. Next up on my hit list is the Bad Santa. But where can you get it? You can get it in the link in the description, which is our affiliate link. And you can get your, uh, you can get the, uh, any uh, any other blend. Because the holiday blends are great, but 
Invader Coffee has other blends. You can also get yes. some Keurig cups. Get some Keurig cups for that immediate boost. In the afternoon, maybe you're, uh, you're lagging a little bit and you need a bit of an afternoon boost. Get yourself a Keurig cup of Invader Coffee and satisfy that uh, satisfy that boost need. But go to the affiliate link in the description. You can also – oh, whoop, there we go. That's it. Bad Santa. I use the affiliate link for this latest order. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And you can use the affiliate link too for the best coffee your money can buy. And again, I, I've said before, you pay a little bit more in the shipping, but you get it in a matter of days. Yes. Fresh coffee, whether it be ground or whole bean. I get the whole bean because I like to grind my own coffee beans. But yes, use the affiliate link in the description and also use promo code BELLYUP at checkout. You save 50% off your order. And you get yourself some of the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. And it's veteran-owned. And wh- wh- why wouldn't you want to support a veteran-owned country, veteran-owned coffee company? What, do you hate your country? What, and, and, do you hate your country? Do you hate veterans? <laughs> Don't. Invas- and, and, and you order yourself some Invader coffee and get yourself some, some extra morning boost for your <laughs> the best morning boost your money can buy. All right, we're gonna keep this segment kind of short because we gotta take yeah. off in a few minutes. But Draymond Green, WTH, WTF, oh, yeah. all those superlatives, man. Suspended once again for backfisting uh, an opposing player. He says, "Oh, I didn't see him there, and I accidentally threw my fit my back my uh, arm at him." No, you knew exactly what you were doing, dude. Yeah, and now he's suspended once again for getting himself into trouble. He he got only he only got 5 games for choking an opposing player uh, a couple couple about a month or so ago. Yeah. He only gets 5 games surprisingly. But now he's suspended indefinitely once again. Dustin is Draymond Green his own worst enemy. Yes. Um I th- I think he is clearly clearly he needs he needs some help I would say to try to um manage some of these uh, issues that he has. I don't want to project onto um, Draymond, but from the outside looking in, it, it, it certainly seems like he has an anger problem. And um, and also I would say NBA players know it. They'll use it. They, they try to get into his head. They try to needle him. And then – you know, the first couple times people could say, "Oh, this is what this is what Draymond was like at Michigan State. He's a fiery player. He defends his guys. Blah blah blah." But you can only explain it off so many times. I would imagine that the warrior, the rest of the Warriors, are probably sick of it now. They're not yeah. going to come. They're not going to come out and say it. But this is to me, and I'm going to go in on Draymond Green. Draymond Green a little bit here. I feel like part of this. And a small part of it. Now, granted, to make the NBA, you have to be an amazing player. Even if you ride the bench in NBA, you can torch almost anyone in basketball. You can destroy them. You're very, very good. You're, you, you have supreme talent. But I think that Draymond knows he is at the end of his rope. I, I think he knows he cannot play at the level that he wants to play at anymore. So this is what he tries to do. He tries Mm -hmm. to be an agitator. He tries to be, uh, you know, um, that, but this is some of the stuff he he resorts to. And to say that he didn't know that that player was there and that he didn't see him and he just turned around. That's a bunch of BS. 
He, you can't mm. say that when you have a history of stepping on people, of 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 punching them in the no no special spot. I forget what movie that's from, but I had to use it. Uh, and and also putting Rudy Gobert, who also Rudy's had his own issues, but you can't put him in a headlock. Okay, you this is uh, this is all ridiculous. This shtick is old. We're sick of hearing you like say that you're like the heartbeat of the Golden State Warriors. You're you're not. You're not. To me, you're a player who is barely hanging on to a starting spot. You know you can't play at the level that you that you could previously play at. And so this is what you do. And, and I am tired of it. I think his season is over. I don't think they want to deal with this anymore. They're not going to come out and say it, but I, I would imagine. And let's not forget, he punched his own teammate in the face last year. Like, yeah. Like, uh, if, he clearly he needs to take some time, get some help, um, try to figure out how to hone in his anger because there there's fiery and then there's what Draymond Green does, and and I'm just uh, I'm tired of it. Yeah, he he punched Jordan Rule Jordan Poole in the face. Yeah, and they went up trading Poole, and I think some of the blame for what Draymond Green is how why Draymond Green is still doing the things that he's doing. I think it's Mike Dunleavy, the junior, the general manager, and Steve Kerr continuing to stand by his side throughout all this. Instead of saying, look, sit down, figure your stuff out. We're going to give you some time to figure your stuff out, whether it be whether this be a mental issue or a mental health issue or something, something else. Now, and we can't we can't. This is the detrimental to our team. This is affects our entire team. You're yeah. a key piece of this roster. You've been a key piece of this roster for almost a decade now. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't, you can't do this. This, this hurts your team so much, so much. We have to sit you down. Now, I think Draymond should have been suspended for 20 games for that headlock because this is what the NHL does. And unfortunately they're starting to slip in this, uh, in terms of player safety, they look at past history. They look at past history and determining suspensions for, uh, for offenses. So if the, the NBA were to take that model from the NHL and say, okay, he's had a past history of doing this stuff. We need to suspend him for X amount of games. I was shocked when they said, all right, yeah. we're going to give you only five games for choking, for uh, putting a headlock or putting a, putting uh or putting uh, Ruby Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, yeah, a literal. He put him basically in a really naked choke, a yeah. sleeper hold. And now he backfists another player. I forget which player he was. It was somebody uh, on was. the Suns, if I remember correctly. I, I could I could be wrong about that. No, you, Yus, Yusuf Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic. It was from I'm trying to remember the name. It wasn't wasn't uh, it wasn't I, I, thought, I thought it was Jokic from uh, the Nuggets, but it was uh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic from the Phoenix Suns. And this was happening in the third quarter during a tight game. So, again, you're you're doing things that are detrimental to your team. And if he continues to do it, and if he's suspended, and he's right now he's suspended indefinitely while the NBA reviews what the heck to do with him. Yeah. If it were up to me, I would suspend him for the rest of the regular season. If it was up to me, because it's so harmful, it's so detrimental to the league. Because the league has made a reputation of cleaning up its act for so long. This was this. Is, I think that I mean. I'm not going to go this drastic, but uh, but it kind of rivaled what Kermit Washington did to Rudy 
uh, Rudy uh, um, to Rudy. Oh, Tom Jonovich. Tom Jonovich back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Where Tom Jonovich was basically almost almost died from getting sucker punched in the face uh, by Kermit Washington. It's not at, exactly at that level, but Draymond Green has a reputation. He has a reputation of rough play. Yes. He has a reputation of dirty play. The NBA has, has tried to curtail all that. Unfortunately, it continues to happen. And if it were up to me, if I were Adam Silver, I would just I would meet with him. I would meet with Steve Kerr. I would meet with Mike Dunleavy Jr. and just say, he's got a repeat history of this. This is the second incident we've had this year in a matter of a matter of months. I have to suspend him for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and because you hit the nail a hundred percent on the head. Um uh, silence on this issue is is tantamount to compliance. You know that's yeah. that's that's why because Steve Kerr and I love Steve Kerr. Steve yeah. Kerr, uh, great player for the for the Chicago Bulls, under underrated in his role on that team. I think um, he's been excellent as a head coach. You cannot you cannot argue that fact. Um, I even liked when he was calling games. I just like Steve Kerr. I have, you know, I got a, I got a soft spot for Steve Kerr. And if you, if you don't, if you are interested, look up his story and what happened to him in his life uh, regarding yeah. his father and some other things. Steve yep, Kerr. That was, that was in the, uh, the last dance. Yeah. yeah was he, in the last dance. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy, but he should have, he should have as the head coach and also the general manager, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Um, they should have nipped this in the bud. They should have just said, Hey, Draymond. And they should have disciplined him team discipline, you know, because like you said, the most glaring thing and uh, he was the, he punched Jordan Poole and they trade Jordan Poole Jordan away. Poole. So, yeah. so that, that, that sends a message to Draymond that, okay, like, you know, I'm okay I here. I can continue to get away with this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so they are, they are to blame for the situation um, right now, partially. And then Draymond, obviously he has to take, he has to take some of this blame. And I, I hope that he realizes because I went in on him. I went in on him a little bit cause he's, he's gotten under my skin. Some of the stuff he says, some of the things he does. I just, I, I, it aggravates me, but I hope he can get the help that he, that he needs and um but he's got to take some responsibility for his actions here oh, as for well sure. for sure all right before we get out of here we'll take one more visit to the comments section kevin back again says they need to stop playing well around with green he needs to get the help he needs or no more basketball period uh bratley is uh agreeance says ryan it also says ryan i hear that Chappelle show making the band skit you just can't choke your problems <laughs> <laughs> i'm shutting down the studio is that Ew. what you're gonna do is that what you're gonna do ness you're just gonna do your taxes right now i'm gonna give you the five the five best rappers in the world <laughs> dylon 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 and dylon <laughs> because i spit hot fire <laughs> I spit hot fire. <laughs> you just can't choke out a legend, man. <laughs> 66 take that says all the warrior warriors roster fears Draymond. Well, I mean, unless you're Steph Curry or, uh, um, or Clay uh, Thompson, Thompson or Clay Thompson. Yeah. Bradley says Steve Kerr is a wet ass P word. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. He's a player. I, I swear. I hate about these players coaches. They come, yeah. to the, they come to the defense of their players so fast. 
Yes. Uh, uh, 66 Take That also says, why I noticed is none of the Suns players came to Nurkic's side after the punch. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. And uh, Bradley just laughs when I did that impression of, uh, of Dylon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. But before we do that, just want to remind you about our socials down here below Twitter, Instagram, and the now uh, once in a while use TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ, Facebook.com forward slash no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req just want to remind you to like comment share and subscribe to all of our social media platforms also on the audio side of the podcast subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast rate and review five stars is the preferred rating if you're on a platform where you can review we'll even read your review on the air so that'll do it for the Saturday brunch edition of No Crunches Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name's Ryan Mc- for Dustin Henry. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for being with us. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday when we're back with our regular scheduled program, talking about week 15 in the NFL. And y'all have a great rest of your day. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I almost, I almost short circuited. I almost <laughs> drink some more bitter coffee, sir. <laughs> yeah.